And so let me just read this. This is Isaiah chapter 6. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord high and exalted, seated on a throne, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Above him were seraphims, each with six wings. With two wings they covered their faces, and with two they covered their feet, and with two they were flying. And they were calling to one another, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord Almighty. The whole earth is full of his glory. At the sound of their voices, the doorpost and the threshold shook, and the temple was filled with smoke. Woe is me, I cried. I'm ruined, for I am a man of unclean lips, and I live among a people of unclean lips. And my eyes have seen the King, the Lord Almighty. Then one of the seraphim flew to me with a live coal in his hand, which he had taken with tongs from the altar. With it, he touched my mouth and said, See, this has touched your lips. Your guilt is taken away and your sin atoned for. Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send and who will go for us? And I said, here am I, send me. And he said, go and tell this to the people of God. And give them a message. This is the word of the Lord. You know, <clears throat> leaders of different ministries and pastors are ever, ever looking for, or sometimes even pleading for, volunteers. You know what I'm talking about, Greg? <laughs> There's always, you know, we need people to participate in so many different ministries. And it reminds me of the congregation, and you've heard this illustration, the congregation being like a people at a football game. You've heard this. What do we find in a football game, right? Football game, you have 22 people in the field in desperate need of rest and 70,000 in the stand in desperate need of exercise, right? Well, we find that in a congregation, there's a handful of volunteers that are desperately needing rest with a majority of people sitting in the pews. It just, it seems, seems like that, right? In my church growth classes that I've had, all, I've heard, uh, and you've probably heard this too, it's called the 20, 80, 20 principle. And it goes like this, about 80% of the work and they've done studies of this. 80% of the work in the ministry is done by 20% of the people. I would imagine that we have about, about like the 20% right in here, because they're the ones that come at night. 80% <laughs> of the budget is paid for by 20% of the people. And Greg, guess what? About 80% of our message, only 20% is worth it. <laughs> I'll try to give you the best 20% tonight. <laughs> I was 18 years old when I felt the calling of God to ministry. It was a summer day. I was invited to a youth camp. I had been for a year from 16, 17 to 18, I was in and out. I had 
real no commitment. And, and I was playing with a non-Christian band, smoking as much marijuana as I could smoke, sexual relationships, drinking as much alcohol as I could drink in those years, and just backing and out. But at 18 years old, I was invited into a youth camp, Christian youth camp. And there God opened my eyes to the emptiness of what I was sensing in the world, that it wasn't fulfilling. And there was something about that youth camp, Christian youth camp that I went to, that I, I experienced a holy fear of God in a really good sense. The message was about, are you, you know, what kind of life are you living as a young person? And the Lord is coming someday soon, and will you be ready when he comes? And I just felt the incredible conviction of God that I was not ready. I was not ready. I wanted to. I wanted God's best, and I didn't want to miss out from that. And definitely did not want to be left behind. So in that youth camp, I made a decision to follow Christ. There was something about the worship service that particular day Something about the speaker, the way he spoke, you know, just that so moved my heart. And just to give you an image, this youth gathering was in a literal barn. So we had 40 young people sitting in hay and stuff like that, stinky old barn. And they had a little worship team and they had the speaker. And there was something about God's presence so evident in the music and in the, the speaking that when the time came for make a decision, come up and surrender to Christ, that I said, this is what I want. And I came up, knelt down, Bela Hayes, part of the altar, and I said, Lord, I want to serve you for the rest of my life. I want to serve you. It is the heart of God that every believer would say something like that. Not just say, I believe in you, which is awesome. But to also say, and I want to serve you for the rest of my life. To be used by God like we sang. It is the heart of God that he wants us to share the gospel. And that's what you're hearing in one way or another this week. And be used by him to communicate to others his love, his saving love. In looking at this passage in Isaiah and looking at Isaiah's life, I find elements in this passage that rekindle, at least for me, would rekindle that fire or the desire to be used by God. And that's, a, that's what I hope I can share with you very quickly. Just some points to rekindle in us a desire to be used by God. So here they go. Here goes. First of all, and I read this passage, I see there's an awareness of the hollowness in the world. King Uzziah died. The nation's leader, the representative of the nation is gone. The king of the earth, in a sense, is not there. He died as a leopard. Just um, tragedy in his life. And the land had lost its leader, and therefore, in a sense, maybe have lost hope, maybe lost direction. Most people, I find, come to a crisis in their life where they begin to recognize, especially when it comes to conversion, what's out there for me? 
There's no hope. There's no happiness. There's pain and sorrow. There's so much out there. What's the meaning of life? What's the purpose of life? And they come to a place, sometimes, I just see this with so many people. We minister in, the, in our city, in our church, we minister to many people who did not grow up in the church. Okay? I thank God for people who grew up in the church. Praise God that they don't have to experience some of those things that happen in the world. But in our community, there's many people who don't grow up in the church. And all the difficulties and tragedies that you hear about, um, they face. They face in their home. They face in their community. They face in their school. And when they come to that key point of crisis, let's just call it, they, they see the emptiness in the world, they see the hollowness, as I'm calling it, maybe at that point they see that there's someone else sitting on a throne. And this is what's happening with Isaiah. He's seeing, and the people are seeing, our king is gone. God doesn't leave it there. God opens Isaiah's eyes to see, you know what? But there's someone else sitting on the throne. And he's fully exalted and mighty, and he has all authority. My conversion experience, I was enjoying, like I said, all of this stuff that young people face today, and I found it empty. I found it empty. And in my own experience, I, I, I felt something like Isaiah, which I get to the second point here. There was an awareness of the holiness of God. An awareness of the holiness of God. I want you to raise your hand for something. I want to ask you a question. How many of you came to know Jesus Christ, or that is, surrendered your life, your, your dedication to the Lord, in a worship service? Just curious. Okay. One or two. Okay. How many of you came to know the Lord um, because a friend brought you to Christ? It was a relationship, close relationship. Okay. How many of you came to, uh, to the Lord because you went to a Billy Graham or a big crusade or a big event like that? Just curious. A few. How many did it um, through the Christian school, like Timothy or something? It was a class. We'll see. How many of you? A few of you. Okay. Great. Uh, uh, this was asked, these kind of questions were asked to a group of like 400 pastors. How did you come to the Lord? And the majority of them said it was a close relationship. It wasn't a Billy Graham crusade. It wasn't a major event. It wasn't even a major event in a church. It was a friend brought me to Christ. However, I want to tell you something that happened today in a Spanish service. Heronimo was preaching. And he was preaching today on the topic of who is Jesus to you. Right? Peter, Jesus asked to the disciples, who am I? Who, who, who do people say I am? And Peter said, you're the Christ. And so Heronimo from our church was preaching the Spanish church. And at the end of the service, he said, anyone who wants to receive Christ, come forward. We just started this church. We have about 30 people who are coming to it. And we had seven people come up. <laughs> this, is, this is a high percentage, by the way. If you think of it in percentages, this was incredible. Seven people came up. Some of them were weeping. And I'm, I'm amazed. I'm thinking, you know, just, this, is, this is amazing that people are responding to the gospel by virtue of uh, Wonderful invitation. 
Why do people come up? I pick on Greg. It's dangerous to sit up front. So I'm gonna, but Greg, anyone ever come up to you and say, you know, Greg, when you were preaching today, it's, it, almost, it was like God was speaking to me. You ever, feel, you ever have, say something like that? God was, it's like when that song was being sung, I felt like I was transported into the presence of God. There's, there has been times that it's happened. I see you, Isaiah's doing this. There was something in Isaiah that was happening in that moment, not in Isaiah, but the Lord, that God's presence was incredibly evident at that moment. There's nothing like that to rekindle, to rekindle in us a desire to serve him. Because this is, it's only as we draw near to God that he draws near to us and we begin to catch that holy fire that he has. And there's nothing like a worship service to do that. Nothing like a worship service gathering. What else rekindles? Awareness of humility. Be aware of humility. That's absolutely important. So what happens when you come before the presence of God is that you just can't help to bow and humble yourself and say, Lord, I confess my sin. I'm really far from you. I'm a broken person. I've messed up this morning. I messed up yesterday. And this is what happened to Isaiah, is that the presence of God was so wonderfully present that Isaiah found himself looking at himself in reflection of what the Lord present, that he saw his own sinfulness, his own failure. You might not think, or you might think, Paul was an incredible, incredible missionary person of God in the scriptures, right? But he was one who often said, you'll find it, he said to himself, and I am also the chief of sinners. What is it, us to share the gospel? It's one sinner telling another sinner how to get saved, how to get delivered. That's all it is, one sinner speaking to another sinner. Humility, awareness, that be aware of humility, is it'll, it will kindle it. Because there's nothing more... Uh, when an arrogant person starts speaking to you, doesn't it turn you off? It just... But when someone who is humble... It draws people together. Humility. It's just a few more things. Aware of the healing hand of God. Aware of the healing hand of God. That's, I'm really talking about the shalom of God, the peace of God, the forgiveness of God. That really draws people to share. When you, <clears throat> so I'll tell you the story. And I won't tell you my own, but there were some women who were crying at Jesus' feet, a particular woman, and Simon, it was at Simon's house, and, and there was a lot of grumbling and complaining about, doesn't Jesus know who this woman is? So Jesus turns to Simon and tells him a story. There were some people who owed money. One owed, I'm making this up right here, a million dollars, and this, the, the, the one who gave the person that money wanted the million dollars back. And the servant said, I can't pay it. So the person forgave that debt. And he was really happy to be forgiven the debt. So what he does, he goes to another person that owed him, let's say, 100 bucks. 
And that person said, I can't pay you the 100 bucks. So the man says, throw him in jail. And they threw them for $100. So the one who relieved, uh, relieved the man of a million heard the story and said, take this man that I forgave him a million, throw him in the, you know, forgiveness. And then Simon tells him, by the way, I'm mixing up some of the stories here, by the way, right? But Simon said, uh, Jesus said, okay, of the two that might have been forgiven, which one would you think would love more? I said, the one who was forgiven more. And Jesus said, this woman here has been forgiven for much, and she will end up loving much. What am I saying? Um, when we're humble before God and we experience his forgiveness, it causes joy and in turn a happiness to want to share. A happiness to want to share. When I, when I got up from that altar call and I remember, I'm so, so glad. I said, I, I, I'm so glad my sins are forgiven that I just wanted to tell people that all the messed up way that I have been living has been wiped clean, and I'm just so happy about that that I just started sharing with people, friends and others, about the forgiveness and the mercy of God. Two more things, and then we'll just close with that. So you draw near the heart of God, you experience his forgiveness, and then you become aware of the, his heart, his heart, God's heart. What am I saying this? Can I have the musicians up here for a moment? Can, I have, can you guys come up here? All of you? God's heart. See, Isaiah, he's personally experiencing the forgiveness and the mercy of God in his life. He's, he's, he's really in tune to how the angel is just wiping his sins away, atoning, and he's really in touch into this. But God is not done yet because God is not only interested in Isaiah's forgiveness and Isaiah's restoration. Can you imagine? This is what Isaiah, he's the prophet, but he needed something in his life because he was a sinner and he didn't recognize it until he was in the presence of God. And he experienced it. But God is not only interested in Isaiah's restoration. God's heart is for a larger group of people. And he needs Isaiah to see this. And so he says, who's going to go to the rest of the broken people like you, Isaiah, who also need this message of compassion and forgiveness? Who will go? And that's when Isaiah catches the heart of God. Lord, I see how you have had mercy on me and forgiven me my sins, and what can I do but to tell others the wonderful way that you forgive? I, I'll go. I'll go. I want to tell others about this same mercy and the same forgiveness. I'm available. I'll go. And I wanted to give you a challenge tonight as the people of God. Did you know that two years ago I did this over here, and I talked about prayer? And I gave you a challenge about praying. Was it right? Was it like three minutes or something for 30 days? Or pray the same thing? Mm. And God worked. So today I was, in the last couple of days, I said, Lord, what's the challenge? So I want to give you a challenge. There's two of them. I'm looking for 20 people. 
This is what I'd like you to do. From now till Easter, I want you to, when you get up in the morning and you turn on your bed and you put your feet on the floor before you go, I want you to say this prayer to God. Say, here I am. Use me. That's all. Just from now to, to Easter, just say, here I am and use me. How? I don't know. It, it's, it's, it's encouraging somebody. It's maybe speaking to your neighbor, someone at work. I don't know. But just say, Lord, before I start running, I just want to say, here am I. Use me. Just do it for that time period. And just see, just see what kind of opportunities God will bring to you. That's the first challenge. Here's the second one. I don't know why the number 20 keeps coming up. There are 20 people that are going to say to God, Lord, give me $20 that I can give to missions. Some of you have heard the story, and I know this is true. One church did this and say, people began to say, okay, I'm going to commit. They did it for one week. Say, this week, Lord, if you give me an unexpected amount, meaning an unexpected way, $20, I will give that to missions. Somebody was part of that group. That very day, they went out to the parking lot. Guess what they found in the parking lot? $20. They gave it to missions. By the way, this is not, I'm asking you, think about it. You weren't expecting this. It's just say a God sent. Someone that you maybe he loaned $20 and you completely forget it, you know, and they come back and say, hey, here's the $20 you lend me. I, I, I want to challenge 20 people. Then not for this one week. It'd be wonderful. It'd be wonderful if it was this week and you come next Sunday night and you got $20. I want to tell you how God gave me this $20 for missions. So I'm looking for 20 people to say, I want to be part of that group. It's, it, that's not a whole lot. But you see, by the way, it's a miraculous $20, okay? It's something totally unexpected. And that you want, I want you to see maybe that this is how God wants to stir your hearts to give towards mission. So 20 people. 20 people that were praying. Here am I, use me. 20 people that would say, Lord, if you give me $20 in unexpected ways, I will give that towards mission. Let's, let's stand together, and I'm going to pray, and then we're going to do this song. Let's pray. My father, Isaiah was in your presence. And as he was in your presence, he really got connected to your heart and what you wanted from him. And Lord, he wasn't perfect. He saw his sin. And Lord, that's the way you work. You work within any perfect people who have been touched by you so that they in turn can reach out to other imperfect people and tell them how they too can be touched, saved, and forgiven by the wonderful blood of Jesus. 
Lord, I know that you're stirring 20 people here. I see it in their faces, oh God. And you want to use them. And so, Lord, I pray that the commitment they make tonight show them your good favor this week and the coming weeks. And Lord, when they have that divine appointment and they said, here am I, use me, give them the words at that exact moment. And when they unexpectedly receive $20, Lord, and they bring it to mission, I pray, God, multiply it and use it for your purpose. So, Father, this is what I pray. In Jesus' name, everyone say amen.